And we're live. Hey, everyone. My name is Nachum Russell, or Russ to most of you, because no one can say my name. And this is my friend Dylan. Dylan Maxwell. Blau. Blau. Yeah. Like an explosion. What? Like an explosion. Blau. Blau. <laughs> okay, cool. And Dylan's a dog trainer in Orange County, California. Dylan, you want to tell us a little bit of what you do before we get into this so everyone knows who you are? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, so I've been training dogs for over 13 years. Uh, I launched Epic Dog Pros about three years ago uh, with the concept of providing an all-inclusive style dog training program. So it's it's super easy in California to, to live the lifestyle. So what I found with dog training is it's very much like a diet. You have to help somebody lose the weight and then you got to help somebody maintain it. So in California, my all-inclusive programs include like a full year of group classes that we do every weekend. We do paddle boarding with dogs all summer long. We do pack walk adventures uh, and all sorts of stuff to show the dog owner that they can do everything that I can do with their dog every day of their life. So um, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I do is I ultimately train dogs and then I really empower my clients to uh, you know, do the magic trick that is dog training and, and impress their friends, their family, take their dogs out and use the obedience practically in their day-to-day -day life so that way they can live the best life possible with their dogs. Love it. So one thing that, that stood out for me when, when we first connected, I don't know how I found your page, but I think I found out about you like years ago. I saw a Facebook video or something um, from one of your group classes, but your paddle boarding thing, that is cool as hell. I've never seen anyone do something like that before. How many dogs did you have out with owners? Uh, so last summer we had about 250 dog owners come out from clients to non-clients, just Instagram and Facebook friends. Um, and to be honest, it's so easy to get your dog to jump on that paddle board and to do it. Uh, people just overthink it, but it just was a huge hit. So I ended up moving to the beach right across the street from where we do it. And now we're doing it again now that the... Uh, the harbor's open and we can start doing some summer activities. But yeah, it's so much fun, you know, and the more that you can show people, like it's a place command, that's all it is. It's just, a, it's a place command, um, you know? So if we can show people how they can use those obedient commands again in a practical way, whether you're having fun paddle boarding or you're just going out to Starbucks or you, you know, want to go on a hike and have your dog jump on a rock at the end of the day, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun being a dog owner. That's that's why I like being a dog owner. It, it makes me feel childish and fun, always. Yeah, absolutely. How did you get into all of this? When did you become a dog trainer? How did you start doing this? Uh, so it was about 13 years ago. Um, I ultimately started rescuing dogs from the Arizona shelters. I was watching Caesar Milan every day. I literally watched every, I mean, hundreds of episodes of Caesar Milan. Um, I rescued a lot of dogs. We trained them, rehabilitated them, find them, uh, found them homes. Uh, and that's when me and my buddy realized we could, we could actually do this. Um, then I, I learned training my own personal rescue dog, some of the positives and some of the negatives of Caesar Milan's method. Uh, and obviously training your dog as if you're on a TV show. Um, <laughs> and that, that helped me kind of learn what I believed in as an ethical dog trainer um, it also helped me learn from the experiences of working those few, you know, your first thousand dogs that you train, you're going to learn a lot from those dogs. Um, almost more than any book, any YouTube video, um, you learn a lot about yourself. And for me, um, I mean, I, I have a theater background. I've done some stand-up comedy. I've had a sales background for a while. So 
I was able to fuse a lot of the things that I do naturally into dog training. Uh, and then that progressed over the years. I started uh, doing board and trains in Arizona. I used to have like 30 dogs uh, in my house doing board and train. Uh, I was lucky enough to get featured on ABC News in Arizona. Um, and, and just through the years of, of being one of those dog trainers that wasn't afraid to go live, wasn't afraid to, you know, show a full hour long, you know, lesson. Um, that became, you know, a way that I ultimately connected with other dog trainers that respected me. Um, that ultimately led me to my journey of ending up in California, um, starting a company, blowing it up to gross over $2.5 million in the first two years. Uh, and now I really, you know, train dogs and then I help other dog trainers learn how to do what I do with social media to grow and scale their business. Um, so that way we can all help more dogs. I realized years ago, it's, uh, you can only train so many dogs a year and yep. there are, you know, millions of dogs that are in the shelter that need some help. So for me, it's about connecting with dog trainers like you, getting on podcasts, empowering people. I wrote an ebook. I've given out thousands of copies for free to other dog owners. It's there's a bigger picture uh, when we're trying to revolutionize an industry that that has some problems. Um, you know, so for me, uh, yeah, it, it's about you know helping other dog trainers train more dogs, helping dog owners keep the results, and my ethics, integrity, and beliefs um, have ultimately you know driven my passions to continue the journey of of being a dog trainer and seeing what that really means to me. Um, yeah, and it's 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 been a fun uh, a fun evolution ultimately. That's awesome. That's really cool. I love how many dog trainers that their story starts from watching hours and hours of Caesar Milan. It's like it's like that's the the most typical. Everyone has that as part of their journey, right? Like we sit and watch hours of Caesar Milan, and like now we're experts at training dogs, and then all of a sudden we get like a ton of dogs to train. And we're like, oh crap! Like it's a little different than the TV show. Let me actually figure out how to make this work. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm not uh, I'm not one of those people that's going to say I grew up with dogs. I've been training dogs my whole life. Like, yeah, I grew up with golden retrievers. I love dogs probably because I grew up with dogs. But, yeah, without a doubt, I tell everybody I learned from Cesar Milan many years ago. It, it, it inspired me. It got me excited. It was like this is this is something cool. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool that he has made such an impact on so many people's lives. Um, and, th and that's led to a, a huge amount of dog trainers ultimately helping other dogs. So for me, it's it's a great uh, a great thing. Absolutely. And at what point? Uh, when did you? Sorry. When did you move from Arizona to California? When did you make that switch? Um, so I had my dog business in Arizona, and it's funny enough, I ended up training um, a lot of kids that their parents lived in California, and they moved to Arizona to go to college. So a lot of people in Orange County started hearing about me from their kids, and I got flown out to Huntington Harbor. Uh, this was about three and a half, four years ago. And when I was out here, A, when you train a dog, you know, in a house where they live in a harbor, in a $10 million home, and, and it's just like, oh, my God, this is amazing type of a feeling. Uh, this is the type of client that I want. Um, I, I asked them, you know, and I said, hey, what, uh, you know, what other dog trainers are out here? You know, why did you hire me? Why would you fly me out, yeah. pay for flight expenses? You know, they paid thirty nine hundred for my, my dog training rate. Like, why? And they said, because there wasn't anybody that was really good. We had a dog trainer come over. Uh, they actually caused a fight with our dogs. We were having some issues. Um, so so we heard good things about you and we, we, we flew you out. Um, so that that 
that experience led to me saying, I'm going to start a business in Orange County. I ended up connecting with a few other dog trainers when I was learning about the e-collar. Um, we all started the business together. Since then, we all kind of went our own separate ways and have, you know, done different things with our, uh, you know, our original opportunity, you know, of, of collaborating. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's now uh, been almost three years uh, in August that Epic Dog Pros uh, started, um, blew up, took over Orange County, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing what uh, what I was able to accomplish uh, with all the help that we had, and uh, and now I just I just use that that um, proof of concept, you know, that um, that proven track record, you know, of, of helping all these dogs to to show people, hey, this is what you can do. It's it's something that can be duplicated. Um, yeah, but, uh, it's, it's, it's almost, uh, three years now. So Epic Dog Pros is dog training. What is We Are Dog Training? Because I, I, so, I see that you have We Are Dog Training on the thing. Have you probably, I don't know, you, I find you on a million different social media pages. So it's hard to keep up. I just found out you have two more that I didn't know about. So well, I got like 60 Instagrams, man. Yeah. It's uh, wild. Um, at this point, I got six TikToks, 60 Instagrams, 25 <laughs> Facebook pages, uh, over 300 domains. What do you yeah, say? But, uh, I'm a little obsessed with social media. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's what I do. But um, yeah, so for me, uh, Epic Dog Pros, uh, originally it started because, uh, you know, you can't call yourself the dog whisperer. I'm Jewish okay. and I used to test. I'm the Jewish Caesar Milan. I'm the Jewish <laughs> dog whisperer. But you're still like giving a nod to somebody else. Right. So I came up with this concept of today on the Epic Dog Pro with Dylan Blau. That turned into the business of Epic Dog Pros, and we had multiple trainers. Uh, it, it's become a um, you know a hub for teaching people how to train dogs, and, and ultimately that's the dog training business based in uh, you know uh, Orange County. We are dog training is like my personal brand. Um, I used to call myself like, you know, natural canine solutions and I've had all these different names, but many years ago, I realized it's not about I am dog training. It's about we are dog training. Um, when I work with my clients, I want them to know up front, it's not I'm going to train your dog like I'm cutting your grass. We are dog training. Um, and then that's ultimately evolved to all the analogies that I, I give to people to help them understand um, how we, in fact, are very much like dogs, um, okay. how our own routine, our inconsistencies within the routine, um, our own distractions, maybe it's your cell phone, maybe it's your friends, your family, your relationships. Um, so there's a lot of similarities between dogs and humans. Um, and and it, that becomes a fun topic because everyone says, don't humanize a dog. Yeah. Well, there's levels to that because you need to parent your dog. You need to become responsible and active for their outcome without expecting them. Uh, I call it like, look at it like uh, you've got a goat on a rope in your house. Like you're responsible. Don't simplify the dog, you know, expect more from yourself. But we are dog training became like my, my brand. Um, and rather than promoting Dylan Maxwell Blau, um, or, you know, my business ultimately, I think we are dog training has become my brand and my message for everything that, that I do. Uh, it took a while for people to understand that, that, that could touch in social media, that could touch in business coaching, you know, it, it might throw people off at first, but once it's like you understand, an umbrella. yeah, it's the umbrella brand sure. it covers everything that you are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've kind of gone with it. There were a few other businesses, 
um, you know, like clothing brands and things that I saw that were super uh, trendy that, you know, we're using the we are concept. And uh, I was like, man, I love it. We are dog training that that couldn't resonate more with me. Um, and it just started resonating with other people. And, and it became more um, an open conversation um, yeah. versus, cool. you know, just being known as the epic dog pro. It's like, great. You're another, you know, egotistical dog trainer. Like, no, like I love helping people. Um, yeah, I mean, on, on a quick other note, I just did a, um, a video shoot with somebody yesterday in uh, San Clemente, you know, for, for something else. And he needed coaching. He needed to learn how to sell his business himself. And uh, he just sent me a video today. This was a few days ago. Just sent me a video this morning of him giving this like beautiful speech saying his name, his business, where he's located. And it's like, man, when I empower somebody to like feel confident, whether it's a dog owner, a business owner, or just another entrepreneur, like that gets me excited. Uh, and that, that that's just what I love to do. So it, it becomes very uh, universal, the whole we are dog training. Yeah, I love that message of it, that it's, it's a team thing because I think so many people like the way you're taking it is it applies to really everything in life, which is beautiful really, because essentially like that's the reality. It's, we are like, we're in it together and one, whatever it is, we're in it together. But especially like with dog training, we see it so clearly, right? Like so many owners like, Hey, can you train my dog? And it's like, no, I can teach you how to train your dog or I can help you train your dog. I can coach you. I can empower you, but we got to do this together. Right. And then the day it's, it's a team. I, every owner I work with, I tell them, it's like, we're on a team. Like you're it's buddy. It's team buddy, right? Like we're in this together, you and me and the dog and all three of us are going to train together. I think that's such a great message to be giving though, because it right away from the start, lets everyone know what's, what this is about, right? Like you're not, you're not just a dog trainer. And I think dog trainers should, <clears throat> should approach it more of that with that mindset of not just being a dog trainer, but, being a dog owner coach is like the way I look at it. And then it'd be, you're the coach of a team. So, I mean, what you're saying is 100% correct. There's an evolution, though, I think, of a dog trainer becoming a business owner, becoming a sales expert, becoming an entertainer, an educator, a social media guru, all these things. And most people spend the first 10 years of their career learning how to train dogs. So by the time they try to talk to a client, or empower a client or have them do some of the things that you know they can do it's it's a progression um you know and, and it's it's very difficult to uh, yeah. to do it um you know you said you found me sometimes uh through like my group class videos i get contacted by a lot of people that go how do you do a group class like that are they all the same level we had group class the other day with four dogs two, two of the four were dog aggressive and they were all sitting on the bench together hanging out and it's like we have one group class. You're going to come. We're going to work through your, pro your your problems. We're very supportive. But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it takes a while to get comfortable really engaging with your clients and making them understand how involved they really are in the process. Um, I tell everybody pretty much on the first phone call when you call up, hey, listen, I'm not here to show you a magic trick. I'm here to show you how to do the magic trick. And they go, thank you. That That's what I want. And then they yeah. hire me. Um, you know, so it makes sense to them. Absolutely. It makes total sense. I think that the, like you were, you were saying this really, but one of the most important parts of this is not necessarily the dog. Like a lot of people can train dogs, but if you can't talk to the person who owns that dog, if you can't relate to that person, if you can't make them feel like they can do it too, then whatever you can do with the dog is just about useless because those dogs all belong to someone else, right? It's great what you can do with your own dogs or even 
someone else's dog, but what can you do for the person who owns that dog and how can you make them do the same thing? That's where the, that's, as you call, that's where the magic happens, right? Yeah. I, um, I always call like what I do is the opening act. What you're doing is the main performance. It's the headliner. Like when I do my group classes, sometimes I have my clients and they'll ask me to take their dog or do something and they'll go, I don't know how you have the dog looking at you. I don't know how you have the dog doing all this stuff. And the second they start complimenting me, I give the, the leash back to the person and I start having them do it because like, I don't want them complimenting me. I, I've, yeah. I've built up a, a credibility within myself where I know I can take your dog and get it to do everything I want in a matter of you know seconds sometimes. I want you to do it. So once they, they see it, it's like, okay, you saw it. Now let's do it. And you show them it's possible. And now it's like, now it's possible for you too. Let's do this. Yeah. So this is Epic Dog Pros just you or do you have a team of trainers with you? Uh, so um, ultimately, uh, about a year ago, me and my uh, business partner split. Um, so now uh, it is 100% me. Uh, I am everything that is Epic Dog Pros. To be honest, it, it, um, it was an opportunity to uh, decide kind of what I wanted to do in my next step. And I found that my clients, A, really loved me doing the group classes. Um, so I continued to offer those. And uh, ultimately, we had, um, I'd say, about 12 to 15 trainers when we were at our biggest. We had sales, uh, kennel techs. We had just opened up a second location. Um, but one thing that I noticed, uh, and I'm all about learning from any type of experience. And for me, like it's, it's incredible that I was able to achieve such success super fast, but I'm also able to admit all the things that I know were not good along the way. For example, I would sell them on, Hey, this is a, you know, a three to $4,000 program. They'd fall in love with me and then they'd get pushed off onto a dog trainer that we've hired and trained that maybe he's only been training dogs for like one to five years. So what they're able to do is not as effective as what I could do. And then it was just a, a different um, training ultimately in terms of like how the process went. So I noticed that, for instance, we had trainers that would do Monday through Friday. They would drive to their the, the client's house, train the dog, pick it up, train it, drop it off. That's the first week. Second week, they would try to involve the client. Third week, they're having the client do a majority of the work. Fourth week, they're probably coming to group class or finishing up. I now train dogs two days a week, three days a week for either two or three weeks. It's very quick. From day one, I'm able to get you almost like two weeks ahead of where you would have been with that amateur dog trainer. And I realized that our clients weren't learning as fast. The dogs weren't progressing as fast. And their satisfaction wasn't as good as it is now when they call me up and they go, hi, my name's Dylan, I'm here to help you. Yeah, I can get you started next week. Yes, I can fix that problem. Yes, I know exactly what's going on. Uh, and then they immediately work with me. Like it just, it's, um, it's a different business model. So for me, I really enjoy uh, the fact that now I am the brand, the trainer and everything with my business. Um, and I've ultimately just kind of used it to, uh, to leverage my next business, which I launched, which is my social media business. Um, at the end of the day, because I know a lot of people have made money, um, yeah. dog trainers, but the more I talk to them, like I offered uh, during the whole coronavirus thing, 
um, free social media strategy calls. So that way anyone who wanted to get online could. For dog trainers um, or just for anyone in general? Anyone in general, but I offered them specifically to dog trainers in my group on Facebook. Um, and I, I did over about 150 of them. And the majority of dog trainers from what I talked to make like either less than 5,000 or less than 10,000. So for me to show somebody how to make an extra 10, 20, 30, $100,000 is like an amazing thing. Um, and I know a lot of people that work in social media, the only thing that they've sold is social media value um, versus knowing like, hey, I've actually run 100,000 in Facebook ads in a year. I've actually, you know, done this, I've done that. So for me, um, yeah, it's, it's an opportunity to leverage something to help more people. Um, and, I, and I'm going to continue training dogs with Epic Dog Pros definitely for a few more years. I don't see myself stopping training dogs. Um, you know, it's something that I love to do. And uh, to be honest, like I, uh, I stopped running Facebook ads probably about six months ago. I don't run Google ads, don't run any ads right now. Uh, just because I'm I'm putting all my ads into my new business, yeah. and I get dog training clients almost every day. Um, I meet up with TikTokers once a week to to film content, and I don't look at my phone usually. And when I get home, hey, I'm ready to sign up for that three thousand dollar program. Uh, this lady referred me, said you're the best. I'm ready to go. She told me what the program and price is. It's like, so I, I notice the more I invest in my brand, the more I can you know have fun and, and still help people. But yeah, it's a uh, it's an amazing thing. So you blew up on TikTok, didn't you? I <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Not I mean, yeah. not by my standards, but an, an right. enough that uh, it proved a point that I could get a video almost to a million views. I got eighteen thousand followers in sixty days. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's cool, but I mean, I know there are kids that have a million, yeah. five million, it's, ten million. It's, it's crazy it's, how some of these kids blow up on there. It's wild to watch. But what's what's the goal? So like, I I don't really hang out on TikTok much anymore. And I'm kind of just too busy with other things to be everywhere at once. But what what how do you look at it? Like from a social media perspective, what is your goal for using TikTok? Are you using it for dog training? Are you using it just to get your brand in more places? What's the idea? Uh, well, I'll say to get my brand in more places. I was anti TikTok, telling yeah. all my clients, "Don't go on it. It's a distraction now." Um, and then I heard that it jumped from 5 million to 1.5 billion users. And now it's grossing, uh, getting close to uh, 2 billion. Uh, and I hopped on it. And um, for me, it's, it's free exposure. It's, uh, it's networking with more people. Um, I've actually met a lot of people through TikTok already. Um, I've started the process of getting some sponsors through TikTok and helping other people and getting new clients uh, directly from it. Um, but for me, the way I look at... Um, TikTok versus Instagram. Instagram is your credibility. TikTok is your vulnerability. Uh, if I go to that? check out your business on uh, Calm Canine Training on Instagram, if you have less than 10,000 followers, you're like not as credible as if you have 10,000 followers or more. That's why Instagram sets the bar at 10,000 to get the swipe up feature. And they really are pushing for people to have 10K or more because that's a credibility point by their standards. Now, 100,000 is the new standard. And I know people that are going to the 500,000 and the million. So where Instagram gives you instant credibility, where if I check you out and you're credible, I will hire you for your services without questioning who you are. And TikTok allows for people to have a fun time 
making content that shows that you're a human being, that you're vulnerable, that you're having fun, that you're trendy, and it gives you a relatability factor. So yeah, I'd say vulnerability and relatability on TikTok and credibility on your Instagram uh, is kind of, you know, ultimately all the things that that go into it. And I'm going to be on all of them um, just because, A, if I'm calling myself Mr. Social Media, uh, A, I better be on every platform. Uh, now, I don't do Twitter. Um, it's because me and Trump got in a, a tweet battle, and I, I, I just backed <laughs> off. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You kind of wish, uh, you wish you did. Don't lie. That would be, that'd be right? good. Oh, man, that would be great. I joined Twitter just to, uh, to, to tweet with him. But, no, I, uh, I don't use Twitter. I mainly focus on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok right now. And if you can maximize all four platforms, you can do a lot. Um, to help people. And it really is, you know, I'm a 10Xer, Grant Cardone. It's Mm -hmm. about getting as much attention as possible. I really believe that social media is a your free opportunity to get attention. And if you understand it's your job as a business owner to make sure that the people that need to know who you are, know you exist. You don't brand yourself hoping that people call you and hire you. You make sure that you brand yourself in a way where you're putting yourself in the right positioning so people will see you and then hire you. Um, And I love to use that positioning concept of, I'm gonna make sure that my brand gets in front of all the right people. Um, And I'm gonna hire people to do the things that I know I'm not strong at, and I'm gonna do the things that I know I can do with a massive amount of action and uh, you know responsibility for my own results uh, versus just expecting things to happen, which goes back to we are dog training. Take responsibility, be active, and be responsible for those results, and, and you'll be good. Yeah, social media is kind of obviously you know this more than me because like you're more of the expert in this. But social media is broken down. There's no gatekeepers anymore. It's like if you want to be something, the opportunity is there just to make it happen. If you really want to make it happen, like. I know that the majority of my clients have come through either social media or referrals of people who found me on social media, right? And that's how anyone who that's that's how we connected. That's how most people who I've connected with since I've started a business have connected with me is only because I put myself out there. So now I'm there. Now I'm somebody who's worth connecting to. I think that it used to be before social media, we had all these gatekeepers in every industry where you had to like prove to them, prove to somebody that you can do it. Now it's just proof straight to the client and it's a lot, it's a lot more direct. So that brings up something with me about where dog trainers go wrong. And that is to get the approval of other dog trainers or feel like, you know, if you're getting hated on by another dog trainer that doesn't agree with your method, you're a horrible person. Your job is to appeal to a dog owner. You're advertising to your potential clients. I don't recommend like trying to get the credibility of other dog trainers until you've built up a business, uh, a reputation of helping people um, where your confidence level and self-esteem is not of the egotistical person, but somebody that just knows their value. And then when you go about networking with other dog trainers, you'll be effective with it. And you're not going to feel like this is a negative experience. But a lot of people post in those groups and it's like, There's so much negativity in communicating with other dog trainers, uh, which is why I love to do podcasts like this, because it's it's great to see that 
we can have a conversation and there is no argument. It's just a conversation with two dog trainers that love dogs, love helping people. And that, that's, that's a station wagon. That wasn't a nice car. That was a station wagon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think it's important to realize that your, your target market is your clients, not other dog trainers. Um, and if you've made five to 10 clients happy, like that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, I have people that want to know, like, what's the perfect program? The perfect program is whatever you ethically can do in a set amount of time to get somebody the result. It's different for everybody. I can do it in six to nine lessons and then push you off on my group classes and my maintenance style stuff. Other people might go, I need eight weeks. I need 10 lessons. And if I have nine lessons, they're not going to be happy. Cool. You now make your program based upon how you can help people the best and then sell people on the fact that I have the perfect program based upon my abilities to help you the best. And, uh, and, and that's what it comes down to. But yeah, you got to focus on your clients and, and I love what you're saying so much right now. <laughs> I love it. Like there's every, any dog trainer out there knows that there's so much animosity between a lot of dog trainers out there, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, if you're stuck in that, there are dog owners who are struggling because you're not focusing on them. So if you're actually in it for the dog owner, then none of that other shit should matter because like the dog owner is sitting at home waiting for you and you just need to let them know you're there to help them. And part of a, a big reason why I started this is because of this idea. Like, I think it's great to talk with other dog trainers, like the ones who if we're really in it because we love dogs and we love people and we love helping people and their dogs. Like it's great to have these conversations and kind of break through that stupidity that exists in the industry, unfortunately, and just, be fellow dog trainers with each other and share our passion for what we do, share our passion for helping people and helping dogs because at the end of the day, that's why I'm in it, right? I'm in this for one reason and one reason only. I love dogs. Well, I guess two reasons. I love dogs and I love people and I love helping both of them. So what better way to help people and dogs than to train dogs, right? And like, yeah. and what you were saying also about, about creating a program that works perfectly is like, it's, it's a very cool idea. So I was talking to another trainer Last week on Friday, we were chatting about programs and his program is usually two weeks. My program is usually three weeks, but with the, we're discussing how it's not about the length of the program or what you do during the program. It's about what you get, what results you get for the client. And if the client is happy, right? At the end of the day, like my results, the only reason for it is just to make the client happy. If the client is happy, that's all. Like sometimes I'm like, oh crap, I wish I could have gotten that dog a little bit better. Right. And then I, the client sends me like an update. Like I'm so happy. My dog is doing awesome. Life is great. Then I'm good. That's all that really matters. Yeah. I, I love getting text messages from clients, pictures. It's a, uh, it's great when they, they know what they're actually doing, but yeah, it's not a matter of a set amount of time. It's, it's a matter of guaranteeing the result. And then to be honest, more importantly than guaranteeing the result, it's a matter of what type of follow-up care does that business provide? Like I give all my clients a guaranteed result with behavioral insurance, which means A, they can call me whenever they want and say their dog relapsed and they need help, I'm going to help them. Two, they get a free follow-up lesson they can use at any, any point over the year. Now, I've maybe had to do two. I mean, we've trained 2,500 dogs with the company. I've had to do like two of these free follow-up lessons because they come out to group classes and we made a lifestyle 
where they they do it. You know, they're they're already doing what they need to to maintain the results. But yeah, what do you guarantee your result, whatever that is? And then are you able to follow up with them? Um, one thing I noticed with coronavirus right now and everybody affected by the economy is people are price shopping. My yeah. programs are some of the most expensive programs in Orange County. I know people that charge a little bit more, but at the end of the day, I know I'm expensive. Three to $4,000 is a lot of money right now. And when I tell somebody, well, we, we've started a few programs to help people get started for less, obviously. Um, I have to let them know that when you're price shopping, if you sign up with somebody that's probably going to give you the cheapest price possible, they're not going to guarantee the result. They're going to try to sell you on more training to eventually get you the result you need. So if you're up front with me and you know what your budget is, I'm going to do everything I can knowing that that's the budget you're able to work with to still get you the end result you need it. I'm not going to devalue my product. I'm going to give you a coronavirus special because I need your business, right? I'd say 50% of my clients have done a, a specialized program with me and 50% of them have paid my full rate because they've got tons of money and they don't even ask for it. They just go, I'll pay in full. But you got to help people. You got to find a way to help as many people as possible and know that it's you have an ethical obligation as a dog trainer to provide an ethical dog training program that helps the dog. When you can help your client provide a better quality of life for their dog, they will live a better quality of life yeah. in return. And they have to understand that that's the process. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, they, uh, they have to see the big picture. They got to believe what I believe. Yeah. That's the whole empowerment side of it. Do you still do board and trains or you're doing all one-on-ones now with your group class program? So years ago in Arizona, I did board and trains. Um, then when I moved to California, we made it 100% remote dog training, which means we come to you, we meet at your house, your neighborhood, parks, and in public. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that system works beautifully because you don't need a facility. Right. Um, we did open up a facility in California and Irvine. Uh, our first facility was meant for just office and for training our staff and for group classes on rainy days. Um, we had that for over a year. It was awesome. Then we opened up a second location um, in Temecula. Um, we built out a huge facility, boarding, um, a dog like park, a dog run, all sorts of stuff. Um, and then at the end of that build out, ultimately, uh, is, is right when me and my business partner decided to split ways. Uh, I ended up keeping Epic Dog Pros and, and he took the assets and started his new business out in Temecula, which is a board and train style business. I do more remote. So I don't do board and train. I haven't done board and train in uh, in California. It's just not the business model. And uh, you know, to drive up and down the coast, you know, and be in the ocean and, and going from Newport to Laguna to, uh, to Huntington Beach, like I love it. I love training dogs by the beach, by the water, um, you know, out in public and stuff like that. Um, so when people call me and ask, uh, if they can do a board and train, I'll really explain to them why it's not the most effective way of training. And I also, again, have learned from some of these things. And I know that you can pay me to do a board and train. I'll take your dog for two weeks, three weeks, or four weeks, five weeks, whatever you want to pay thousands of dollars. How much involvement did the owner have in the process? I took your dog, I trained it but you weren't involved in the process. When you get your dog home, typically they only get one, two or three lessons. It's not enough. 
and they expect their dog to be perfect. It's like sending your kid to fat camp. They come home, <laughs> the parents don't learn anything, they still order pizza, and then you expect your kid to not want to eat the pizza and to be healthy when the parents are still in the same routine. It's like, no, I want to work with you. Like, plain and simple, my first lesson, I typically don't take the leash. I say, let's go for a walk. I want to see what you guys are doing so I can get a better picture of what's happening. Let's, let's start figuring it out. I want to, I want to help you. If I have to take the leash and show them, I will. But they're involved immediately. Uh, Borden trains, I'm not so much a fan of unless you've really made a program that shows them phase one is a board and train, phase two is you're involved. I do X amount of lessons until you can keep the results and then I give you a way to maintain it. So board and train's a three phase process. Uh, lesson programs should be a two phase, get their result and then help them maintain it. So if I can take well, that. Well, I do board I, and trains, <laughs> yeah. um, but but I-, I a lot of people, on, What? A lot of people do, they're yeah. a, a, big, a big style. But I focus a ton on owner education because I've seen I've seen the the negative fallout when there isn't enough owner education and how that turns out. And like, absolutely, owner education is everything. At the end of the day, these dogs aren't staying with me for more than four weeks at the most. And like, after that, they're back home. And if I haven't educated the owner, then the whole four weeks and all those thousands of dollars is worthless, right? So yeah, I think that regardless of how the program is set up, owner education is everything because us as dog trainers, I mean, back to we are dog training, right? That's why you call it that. Like us as dog trainers can do a lot, but it's because that's what we're obsessed with. It's what we do. It's like what we've educated ourselves on and gotten all this experience on. But the average owner is just an average dog owner and they just need to know how to do things properly. But if you don't educate them on what that looks and how the results were gotten and how they can get those results, then it's all useless. However, it's done at the end of the day. But yeah. owner and so you said it right. It's not um there's nothing wrong with doing board and trains. What you just described was ethical dog training. If you are providing an ethical dog training program, it doesn't matter if you do board and trains or lessons or whatever. Now, if it comes down to what's the quickest way to get the client the results, to get them empowered, to get them involved, to do that, I'd rather take out a step and go right to it. But I also miss having a house filled with dogs, yeah. no pressure to like get anything done this week. I can just have fun training your dog and then see the process. Now, I also will tell you this. I came up with this concept called selected socialization because of doing board and trains. I would have these 30 dogs and I knew that if I could socialize a nervous, scared, anxious dog around the right type of dogs, it would boost his confidence. And if I knew I could take a high energy dog and put him around some low energy dogs, it would calm them down a little bit and they wouldn't be so crazy. So I learned a lot about training dogs through the board and train process. How long have you been training dogs now? I, I don't remember exactly. I've been working with dogs for coming up to six years now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm about two times as long into it right now is like the best part for me. The, the first like six to 10 years of training, you're learning so much that like I would stick with board and trains. They're fun. You get to really yeah, observe the it. dog. Yeah. I, I miss it, it a little it's, bit. Yeah. It's awesome to have. For, I love having all the dogs. I used to do one-on-ones. And what I found, and obviously there's so many pros and cons to both of them, 
But what I found with one-on-ones is that the client's expectations were higher than what they were willing to work. And when I said, when I switched it to, this is a, a full immersion program, right? Your dog comes to me, we get you the results. And now I teach you how to catch up to your dog is essentially what it is, right? Because the dog is three weeks ahead of the, of the owner. I teach you how to catch up. A lot of the owners that I worked with felt more empowered and more willing to now keep it up because they got like a head start in the, in the system. Um, yeah. But I love board and trains because number one, like you said, it's so awesome to have all these dogs here, right? Like it's, it's fun. It's great. Oh, it's yeah. really cool to have multiple dogs at a time who are all completely different. Like I got four dogs right now here. Every single one of them are completely different dogs. Like their personalities totally different. And I get to see all that from one, one minute to the next, taking another dog out of the crate and working with another dog. And like, it's a very cool thing to do. And learning from the dogs is, I, I've always said since I've started working with dogs that I think somebody can read every single dog training book in the world and go to every single dog training seminar, but you will still learn the most from the actual dogs. And like, I appreciate having all that hands up, hands on time with them. Yeah. I mean, I loved having all those dogs at the house. It was a great experience. And you're right. So like a lot of people, when they call and they, uh, how do I become a dog trainer? Or are you certified? Did you go yeah. to ABC school? And I mean, I've talked with people that are like, I went to ABC school, and I, which is Animal Behavior College right. for everyone who's watching. Um, you don't really get a lot of hands-on stuff. Like, I wouldn't hire a doctor that's only read all the books and gotten his MD. <laughs> I want the doctor that that is 95 years old and has done a heart surgery every day for the past 30 years. I don't care if his hands are trembling. That dude on accident can do a better job. You know, so, yeah, yeah I, uh, I get that yeah, for sure. Absolutely, Vix. Every dog, like, I think the, the more, and again, you have more experience than me. You've worked with a lot more dogs than I have. So, like, I'm just saying the same thing you know. But every dog that you work with, that we work with, has something new because they're all different, right? And no two dogs are alike. And each dog, when you bring out another side of them or you see another side of them, you it's we do we're problem solvers at the end of the day, right? So we know like the basic theory of how to train a dog, but now I got to learn how to train Buddy and I got to learn how to train like Hero and each one of these dogs, I got to learn how to train this one. And the only one who's going to really be able to teach me how to train that specific dog is the dog. He's going to tell me what motivates him. He's going to tell me what he doesn't like, what he does like you know, all the things that are going to work for him, he's going to tell me. And that's, that doesn't come in books. There's no book that's going to tell me exactly what to do for Buddy who's sitting next to me. It's only going to be Buddy who's going to be able to show me that. Yeah. Your experience leads you to be able to evaluate the dog and then make those problem solving judgment calls. Um, I think where board and trains also have a little advantage is you get to see the dog away from the owner and away from the house. Yeah. Um, and that way you almost get to go, hey, let me tell you about your dog a little bit. He's got a ton of confidence. He's got some yep. ball drive. He's actually very social. You just don't think he's social because you only socialize him on a leash and he's always barking at your neighbor's dog. So it's like <laughs> you really get to learn a lot about dogs with the board and train uh, for sure. And, and you do learn so much. I tell people I'm part therapist. I'm part CSI investigator. I got to figure out what's going on in your house. I was out to dinner the other night and somebody goes, my dog does this. My dog does that. Why do you think it does that? And I said, well, we're just at a restaurant. And you just asked me a random question. So 
I got to try to deconstruct what goes on in your house based upon the limited information. So let me just ask you, do you guys let the dog run around the house all the time or do you guys put him in the crate ever? What's the routine? Oh, he just runs around the house all day. Okay, so the reason your dog barks when the doorbell rings is because you have a secret service agent running in your house. You need to put some struct and I can start to help them, but I got to figure out like all the things you got to figure out what the human like as much as Buddy is going to tell you how he's going to learn, some of these owners, like, you got to learn a little bit about the dog owner and then the psychology of how to yeah. help them. I notice, for instance, when I tell, uh, like, a husband, put your dog on place, and the dog goes to jump on the big rock, and the dog fails halfway through, and he doesn't try to help the dog get up, you know? He, like, he just gives up and looks at the dog like, you failed. You didn't do it. Look at you, you loser. Yeah. I know that one, I now need to help the owner see what he didn't do so we can now help the dog. And I know that your dog now isn't going to want to jump on that because he just hit his, his whole chest on the rock because you made him look like an idiot. So, like, there's a lot of psychology and, and stuff that goes into it. Um, there's a lot that goes into being a dog trainer, you know, and I think that's the fun of it is you get to keep playing around. Um, and the better you get, the more you get to start to have fun with, you know, the entertainment side of things, the the edutainment where you're entertaining and educational. Yeah. Um, you, know, you get to choose. Are you going to do webinars? You do a podcast. You write in an ebook. You're just going to make YouTube videos. You want to go on TikTok. Um, you know, all these things where I would circle back to the value of TikTok is I've noticed so many people are having fun again with social media like yeah. Instagram's algorithm. And Facebook's algorithm have been so manipulated that it almost isn't fun to post on Facebook or Instagram anymore. TikTok, I cannot wait to finish this podcast and start posting TikTok videos and go out with my dog later and, and, and film some content. Like, it's been a very fun addition to my life. And people are responding to me having fun with my dog which then makes me have fun being a dog trainer and it makes every day enjoyable again versus feeling like I got to post on my Instagram. I got to post on my Facebook. I got to make sure I get all the likes and I got to post at the right time and use 20 new hashtags. TikTok, you can use three hashtags. It's like, it just, they took all the, the stress away and they just said, have fun with it, you guys. Here's social media, all the editing software you need. Go have fun and be yourself. I feel yeah, I like I feel like Facebook and Instagram, like the rules have already been written and TikTok is so new that you don't there's no rules to follow yet, right? Like so many random things blow up over there, right? Like and just get huge. And I think it's just like it's more I guess it's more authentic because it's actual people like, yeah, I actually like that. And that's why I'm clicking like. That's why I'm watching it. And I think that's a lot of what pushes it out. I haven't, I haven't like spent a ton of time creating content over there. I have maybe like a hundred videos, 150 at, at the most, but just from hanging out there and like scrolling through it, which you can, you can get stuck on there for too long, but it's, it's all fun. It's all free. Even the serious stuff is more fun and more authentic, I think, which is cool. I think that Instagram specifically, what I see on a lot of people who post on Instagram is that they're trying to fit in with an Instagram way of doing things as opposed to TikTok where it's more like I can be myself because there is no way yet. It's just 
this is brand new. It's such a new thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, uh, I love it at the end of the day. Any, any type of platform that gives you the freedom to be yourself. And I mean, I've gotten a lot of my dog training buddies to get on TikTok now. And uh, like a few of the people that I work with, they're in their like their 50s and 60s. Yeah. Um, you know, one of them, you know, he, uh, this guy, Dogs by Andy, he has a very successful business in uh, North Carolina. He got on TikTok and I already had him featured in my uh, school of TikTok group that I'm in. He got a video to like 500,000 views already. All of his content has been taking off. And I've got another buddy who could, can't get 200 views on a video. Can't, nobody likes him. You know, and it's, it's this weird type of thing on TikTok where just put yourself out there and you don't know what's going to happen. You might blow up. You might not blow up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you just got to have fun with it. And uh, it's amazing how quick. Are you seeing it translate to business for dog trainers? Because I only know a couple of dog trainers who it's translated to business for. So here's how I look at social media with business. If you're running a Google ad campaign or a Facebook ad campaign, you need to be very aware of your analytics on how much your return on investment is, how many costs per clicks, what's your, you know, all those little things, right? Social media besides an ad campaign needs to be generalized. It can't be viewed as, well, I spent 30 days on TikTok and I made X amount of dollars from my video. I view it as one, my clients now love the fact that they're on TikTok videos on my page and they have thousands of views. They actually talk about it at group class. Like, hey, did you see my video? It's got like 10,000 views already. So it makes them part of the culture without having to do anything. And now my clients are starting to join TikTok. Like, this is so cool. I like it. So again, it gives me another relationship builder with my clients. Um, I've given away maybe a hundred and so co uh, copies of my book because uh, I did a few posts saying, if you guys want a copy of my ebook, uh, just DM me on Instagram. And I've done that. Um, I've had a lot of people from other states reach out and they've hired me uh, to just do like a phone uh, virtual training for like mm -hmm. one or five lessons type of a thing. Um, and I just now have started to play around with getting in the algorithm for only California people. Um, TikTok ads is also just starting up. So now you can start running ads. Um, but yeah, I mean, I look at things in, in a broader spectrum. If again, you go to check me out on Instagram and you're like, you know what? I want to do business with Dylan, but let me see if this dude's got a following on TikTok. And then you go to TikTok and you see that I got a little bit of a following. You trust me more. Maybe you like me more. Um, I've also gotten a lot of dog trainers that have seen me on TikTok, come and find me on Instagram, and then see that I've got over 100,000 followers, they message me and they're like, dude, I can't believe I'm just now finding out about you. You're awesome. And, and then we start connecting. So it's all about relationships. How effectively you can take a relationship from online to offline is all about skill set. But I was I joined a TikTok group there are people all over the world on it. And I started a meetup group on Wednesdays. Everybody comes to Huntington Beach. We film content all day. We get lunch. We go paddle boarding. We help each other film Sounds content. Fun. And it, be, it became like a meetup. We're going to do a mastermind where I'm going to rent out a mansion and I'm going to get 100 TikTokers in a house. And we're going to have a weekend of content creation and partying probably by August. 
So for me, it's really about taking those relationships and going from you and I were just talking to let's do a podcast to when you come out to California, let's like let's film a training video together or let's just let's just meet up or let's do a seminar together. Like how soon can you take something that's online and make it tangible? Um, yeah, I mean, I I, um, I always look at long term strategy versus short term. And yep. anytime I hear like return on investment or you know, like, what do you like? I have a lot of people asking, how much money are you making off your Instagram or your TikTok? I'm like, well, people pay me if I sing on my TikTok lives. I've made a hundred dollars. Like uh, the rewards thingies. Yeah, people pay you, but now Facebook's doing that. Yeah, I saw so that. Now I'm go on Facebook and see what I'll get paid. But I got to figure out how to set that up. I saw I saw a bunch of Facebook people using that. I was like, that's pretty cool. I didn't yeah. know that. That's new. And I also. I think things are relative. I had, um, when I talk to other dog trainers, they'll tell you they're super busy right now. What's super busy? I got three clients. Well, to me, I'm looking for a hundred clients. That's super busy. Right. You're booked out till September. You're super busy. You know, that, that dog's by Andy guy, he's booked out months. Just because you're saying you're busy don't mean you're busy. And I find that a lot of people, you know, kind of get caught up in their own perspective of what success is. And that's why I love being humble enough to learn with social media. At the same time, I'm going to keep using it like a, a crack addict and continue <laughs> to do it because, yeah, I know 18,000 followers isn't a lot to me and to the rest of the world. To a lot of other people, that's a lot. 100,000 followers might be a lot. It's not anything. I want to be at a million. I'm trying to get to a million followers on Instagram. That's the direction I'm headed. I was just featured on Yahoo Finance. That's not Forbes. That's not entrepreneur. I'm not on stage at the 10X Growth Conference teaching you stuff. That's where I want to go. So I think long term. And uh, that always keeps me in a state of learning. Absolutely. That makes total sense. I like that. I agree with it. I 100% agree with it. I think that don't you think though that everyone does have a different idea of success? Like what success for you is or what success for somebody else as they're being busy, as you called it, is good for them, is their success? So some people are comfortable with mediocrity. It's complacence right. within mediocrity. Um, I literally, so I achieved my dream. I moved to a beach house in California, made over a million dollars as a dog trainer and was featured in a, in a news article. Like that, that actually is credible. I, I've, I've checked off so many things. I told a few people already, I said, I got to get out of here, man. I'm moving. I'm either moving to LA or I'm moving to Florida in the next six months to a year potentially because I'm already feeling comfortable. I said, I don't have to work this week and I'll still make money. I don't like that. It drives me nuts. So I always make sure that my mentors make so much more money than me that I always feel like I'm a small fish in a big pond. Stay hungry. Yeah, I don't want to become complacent. So I ask you, not just you, but everybody, if you feel like you are doing well, could you do better? And that's right. where my missed potential income concept came from. I talk about it a lot. I don't hear anybody mention this concept, but I call it missed potential income. Whatever you're doing right now, if you're making money, good job. You could definitely be doing more to make even more money. 
Now, maybe you don't want to become a millionaire. Maybe you're okay making a hundred thousand a year, a quarter of a million, half a million. I don't know. I'm trying to be like a billionaire. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do something. Like I started like a club, the legendary impact club. Like I'm trying to make a legendary impact. I want to be talked about like Hercules and uh, King Arthur, but you don't just hear about the legend of King Arthur. You hear about the round table and the people that yeah. he surrounded himself with. And that's what I really like. So for me, yeah, I mean, my dreams might be big, but I know that my dreams inspire other people to try to keep climbing the mountain. So I just keep pushing and innovating. And hopefully that inspires other people to keep pushing and growing and to not be comfortable being at a, a plateau. Like you could do more. You could help one more dog. Like, let's get real. As a dog trainer, you could help one more dog this year if you would have marketed. You could help 100 more dogs this year if you marketed your business. But, you know, did you or did you not? That all comes down to, you know, you at the end of the day. Right. I'm the type of person that goes, you know what? I could have done so much more. Oh, my God. I missed I missed something. I, I could have done something. Um, yeah. And, and that's the way I look at life. You know, what, what was your potential today? What did you miss out on? What could you have done? Uh, you know, I love it. And uh, that's why I love talking to other people. It inspires me. I like that idea of the missed potential income. And I like the idea of taking that into life in general, right? So there's there's the obvious one of the finances, but then there's like, what could you have done today? Like you're laying in bed at the end of the day. What could you have done? What did you miss? What opportunity did you have that you didn't take advantage of? And I think that's a very cool way of looking at life in general is that we, a lot of people tend to go through life because it's easy to where we just let the opportunities go right as opposed to grabbing them and those are all these missed opportunities whether it's for meeting somebody helping someone helping yourself learning educating making money it's like there's missed potential income and everything finances and non-finances but like your attitude is cool man it's very it's very refreshing i like that i like how you're 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 going big you're going large you're not trying to you're not trying to stop because you're comfortable it's like gary v gary v always talks about always being hungry right yeah, like, that's what I like. I like that vibe. I feel it. I really being an entrepreneur. Being an entrepreneur is an opportunity in itself. If you squander the opportunity of being your own boss, it's your own fault. So for me, like I just I I feel proud and honored that I get to be an entrepreneur, and that has led me in a direction where I can help other people. I can mentor. I can coach. I can inspire. Um, and I mean, years ago, I learned from Ty Lopez and I learned you got to read books and no joke when he said that people ask, so you shall receive, you need to ask for the knowledge to achieve, not to receive, ask for the knowledge to achieve and you will get it. I read Mark Cuban's book. It's only like 50 pages. That one book though, there is a line in there that stayed with me and has put a fire in my belly like none other. And he says this, he says, at any given moment, there is somebody out there doing exactly what you're doing, trying to put you out of business. Isn't that great? Yeah. And I thought the fact that he ends it with, isn't that great that there's somebody out there willing to put in an extra one hour today in his, in his business that you're not. And when I heard that, I stayed up an extra hour, an extra two hours. I go to bed every night at 3 a.m., no joke, because I know 
that when I post from 1, 2, and 3 a.m., I'm posting the first post in New York City before you even woke up and put a post on the internet. I'm putting content out there before I go to bed and I'm staying up that extra hour because I know that's a prime time. It's It, it makes you know that you're not alone in a, in a humbling, happy way. Like I'm not trying to put you out of business because I don't like you. I'm trying to make myself more relevant because I'm willing to put in that much more work because I believe in myself. When you believe in your brand and your reputation and your value, just like that $100 bill that they crumble up sometimes, it's always worth $100. Cool, man. What is your ebook about? Uh, so I wrote two. Um, I have a dog training ebook called We Are Dog Training, The Secrets of Dog Training. Uh, it goes over how we are dog training and what that means. Uh, and then it's all dog training tips, experiences, analogies, advice. It's 65 pages of anything that I could think of that I think people need to hear. Um, and then I am finishing up my social media secrets book uh, to give away the secrets of social media so you can see how to make money using social media uh, with a step-by-step -step strategy so you don't miss out on any more potential income. Uh, both of those books, um, if you want, we can uh, post a link and you guys can get uh, both of uh, one of them is free, the dog training book. And if anyone wants the social media one, it's only $19.97 and we're doing a pre-sale of it right now on the website. Uh, and I'll send you that information. We can post it on this video. But um, I mean, if anybody ever wants any help, to be honest, I'm super accessible. If you want to talk, I'm still offering free social media strategy calls. We can chat for an hour, might go over an hour and we can just talk. But I, I love talking to other people. I love helping them. So yeah, for me, like, just, just send me a DM. Let's, let's chat. I get, you know, I get hit up every day and I'm like, you want to talk in an hour? I'm free. Let's talk. Like I get excited talking about other people's businesses. Uh, cause yeah, that's just what I do. I love, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's wild. So I was featured in Yahoo finance. The title of the article was dog trainer, entrepreneur, and social media expert. Dylan Maxwell Blau does it all. I almost wish they titled it. Dylan Maxwell Blau has spent his life helping people and he loves to do it because that's really what I do. I help people and I love to help people. Like I, I'm very excited. And when you talk to me, you're like, man, I can't believe he just like went in trying to help me like that when yeah. he could have like, you know, not told me all that and could have charged me later for it. I'm like, no, I'm gonna give you what you need to hear right now. I don't like to tell people what they want to hear. I like to tell people what they need to hear. That's awesome. Let's go back to dog training for a quick second. So, I have a question. I, I ask this to a lot of trainers who I talk to. It's always interesting to get different answers on this one. So if there was one thing that every dog that you wish every dog owner would know, like every dog owner is listening now, what would you wish every dog owner would know? Um, so the three steps of routine. As a dog owner, let's look at them as a human. They sleep in a crate. As a baby, they're put in a crib. They leave the bedroom, which is their crate, and they go into the living room and they sit on a chair or a sofa, which is their place. When they leave their home, they go outside and do an activity, whether it's working, physical, mental, you're stimulating your mind outside of the house. Plain and simple, your dog needs a simple routine of crate place activity. If they did that for the first six months to a year with their dog, 
they wouldn't develop as many problems as they usually develop inside the home. Most problems come from inconsistencies within the routine. Yep. Too much freedom and too much affection. I used to talk about the concept of limited affection. If you give your dog affection, it's the same as giving your child $100 of allowance. Make sure when you give your dog love, you're giving them $100 worth of allowance for something good so you develop good behaviors. Don't give your dog a lot of love for nothing because when you ask your kid to take out the trash, they're going to go, I got paid $1,000 already for playing video games and laying on my bed. Why yeah. would I listen to you? So too much freedom and too much affection tend to be the main problems with all dogs and how they develop problem behaviors. And if you understand the three stages of a routine, crate, place, and activity, and how you as a human use this, you understand that we are dog training. And it's really about a consistent routine. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I really believe that training dogs trained me to be successful in life. I've been able to find what motivates me. I've been able to have a consistent routine where I take action and get results. And I've been able to socialize around people in a selected socialization way that teaches me things better about myself in a way where I'm always growing. I mean, th that's the core of it. It's, it's dog training made simple. Uh, it's, it's not as complicated as people need to think about it, but it does take day-to-day -day effort. Yeah, that boils down to basically you just said structure, right? That's like everyone uses these words like structure and leadership and guidance and boundaries, but like what does that actually look like? And those those three simple things is what I, I preach to everyone. Like that's that's the things you need. Like restrict freedom a little bit. Cut out your affection that you're giving your dog for no reason. Like the affection one, I always use this example. Like imagine everyone, no matter how much they love their job, if they got paid their full year's salary that first day of work, they'd be much less likely to show up on time to work. They'd probably skip a couple of days here and there. They'd take a lot of vacations without asking because what the hell, why not? You have the money already, even if you love your job. Like at the end of the day, we all work for money, even if we love what we do, right? And so that's a great analogy, without a doubt, is, is explaining it just the way you did because whether people are gonna admit it right now or not, I loved jobs that were all commission-based. I have made lots of money on all commission-based jobs. When I had a salary, I still asked for a commission bonus. I said, I am, I'm glad you're giving me a base salary. How do I earn more money? Give me an opportunity so I can show you how much extra I can make you. But yeah, that commission structure, that's dog training. Yeah, you're going to get paid based upon what you do. Let's do exactly. something. And so, so many people, how does it work? The dog comes home day one, he's laying on the couch in their lap, cuddles. It's like you walked into your job. He's like, here's your pay for the next 10 years. Like, no, we'll see you tomorrow. Like, yeah, right, you'll see me tomorrow. Like, the dog has no reason to listen to you. It just got everything it needs on day one. Why should it listen to you ever? It has nothing, no currency left. But it's awesome. True. Structure, I think, is really with the way you – the way you broke it down is that structure and restricting freedom, restricting affection. Stop, stop paying your dog for something it hasn't done yet. Right. Yeah. And so like, I, I want to bring something else also, because sometimes some of the things I say, you might view it as, Oh, you got to be strict. You got to have structure. Like I, I empathize, not sympathize. I empathize with dogs. So when somebody tells me I leave my dog 
in the house for six to eight hours when I go to work and my neighbors are complaining that it's barking all day, how do we shut the dog up? I'm going, you know that you're leaving your dog in a state of anxiety for six to eight hours and that's why it's barking. It doesn't feel good. It's not excited to protect your house. It's it's freaking out. So I understand that if if I was hanging out with you and you just got up and left, like if you just got up and left this podcast, in five minutes, I'm going to start to think something's weird. In, in 20 minutes, I'm going to think you just got hit by a car outside or you're dead. In an hour, I'm like calling people that know you going, Dude, I was on a podcast and he literally got up and left and disappeared. His computer's still on. I'm freaking out. I'm barking everywhere. <laughs> so at the end of the day, like clarity, like I, I talk about this. The, so dog training is about clarity, consistency, patience, and, the, and confidence. Confidence is one of them. Confidence, clarity, consistency, and patience. If you don't have clarity as to why you're leaving, you're going to, you're going to create an issue. Uh, so for me, I'm very empathetic towards the dogs and helping them feel better by providing that structure. And the structure is really because the humans don't have any structure. And that freedom is giving somebody anxiety that that wasn't happy with the freedom. You know, even children have babysitters. They're not just left alone. If you left your child alone without a babysitter, they'd start doing things and they'd start crying. You know, at the end of the day, like, you have to you have to help the dog live a better life. Like that's why I really, um, you know, continue to do what I do because I'm I'm here to help the dogs. Like the owners yeah. are the people I'm I'm helping, but the dog is is what I'm helping. That's I'm I'm like the uh, what is it the Lorax? I speak for the trees. <laughs> yeah, like, the, I'm speaking the, for the, the dogs. That some, the misconception that people have though is that structure is mean. When really structure makes anyone feel safer when it's when it's implemented properly if like if you're dropped off in somewhere where you you don't speak the language if i took you right now from california and dropped you in a foreign place where no one speaks english the street signs are different everything is different and you don't have a map you don't have money you don't have anyone to translate for you you're going to start getting nervous very quickly no matter how adventurous you are it's going to happen right and or that's how about this, Alaska, where they have the 24 hours of sunlight and you don't know if yeah. it's dark or daylight. Right. You're confused. You don't have the routine anymore. Um, for me, though, my mom is why I'm partially as successful as I am. I am very much like my dad. Personality-wise, he's an entrepreneur. But my mom is why I had structure, why I got my homework done, why I was an honor roll student, why I was class president. Like, even to this day at my house, the number one whiteboard I use is a whiteboard that breaks down every hour of the 24 hour day. So I know that every hour I could fill it with something to do. And I'm aware of if I'm not doing something with that hour. Structure and routine are why most people become successful in life or why they don't become successful in life. So yeah, the same reason I didn't like vegetables as my kid when I was a kid, if you're forced structure, you're forcing vegetables on somebody, I don't want them. If I put some garlic and soy sauce in my uh, my orange chicken and I put broccoli in there, you'll eat the broccoli and you'll say it's delicious. You know what I'm saying? So it's about yeah. how you how you paint the picture to people so they understand it. But um, I'm very funny and entertaining with my clients 
So they never take me as somebody who's being very strict. And uh, like I was called the cheerleader of our business. I'm like, I'm here to get you excited. I'm here to dance around. I'm here to like have fun. If I'm not having fun, you're not going to have fun. And uh, so, yeah, it's how you deliver it. That's where sales comes in. You can't tell somebody. I mean, I have dog training buddies that have problems delivering their message because they'll start telling a client, for instance, if you sign up your kid to go to fat camp and before they leave, you start telling the parents all the things they have to do. They're going to go, I paid you to, to help my kid get healthy. I didn't pay you to tell me that I'm a bad mom. Right. You need to provide value for them before you tell them, hey, this is why a routine of structure and limited affection is going to help you. So there's a balance of knowing when to say something and how to say it. Yeah. So it doesn't come across negative because, yeah, if I tell somebody, yeah, you got to put that dog in a crate. They don't want to hear that. If I explain to them why they use a three-step routine, why their dog will benefit from it, and if they use a crate for the next six months to the year, they'll have a very well-trained dog. They understand it with clarity, and they'll do it versus having that defensive, no, you're, you're no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be a mean dog owner. I'm not going to give structure. I'm not going to not give my dog kisses. The why, I think the why is is so important because as as dog trainers it can be easy to just this is what you do it works just do it it works it works right but we have to think about it from the owner's perspective like i always say like i'm first a dog owner then a dog trainer because i was a dog owner before i ever was a dog trainer i was a dog owner who struggled i had my dog with behavioral issues right and if on if i was approached i never worked with a dog trainer but if i was working with a dog trainer and all they told me was you have to do this, do this, do this, but they never told me why, I probably wouldn't be motivated to do anything that they're telling me to do. But when you understand why you're doing something and you see you see the reason for it clearly and then you see the results for it clearly, now you're going to actually be motivated to do it. But without that why, it makes it very hard for anyone to do anything in life in general. For sure, somebody who loves this animal and views it as being mean what you're telling them to do, you have to really let them know not only is it mean, but it's good for your dog. And this is why this is what it's going to do for them. And I think the the thing that a lot of like the trainers that you're talking about who just say like, this is what you have to do. It's because we get so accustomed to like, this is what it, you do and it just works. And we don't even think about it anymore because it's our routine. It's what we do. We put the dog in the crate. We take him out. We do all, we do all that three-step thing as you broke it down to as just, it's our way of life. But for the average dog owner who that's a foreign way of life, we must break it down so they can get it. So it makes sense. Oh, 100%. And I don't even know if you realize what you just said really has a much universal message. If people don't understand your why, yeah. they will not understand why they should continue this process. If we don't understand why you train dogs, why you love dogs, it's also going to hold up your process. And the same thing goes for the dog. If they don't understand exactly like the direction I'm trying to go, you know, I mean, they, they need the clarity. They need that. And that why factor uh, is, is huge, whether you're a dog trainer selling yourself or you're selling the client on what it is exactly they have to do. The, people tell me to drink apple cider vinegar to get healthy. Immediately I go, that's gross. <laughs> but if somebody told me 
it breaks down the acidity in your stomach, which allows you to process food faster, speed up your metabolism. Wow, it does all that? I'll try it right now. Right. You have to, to, to give a little bit more than just do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The why behind everything is so valuable. One of the, a, a great book that I read, start, you know, start with why, Simon, Simon Sinek. Sinek. He's awesome. Like that book gave me so much perspective on this whole topic, on how I explain things to people, on focusing on reminding myself why I do what I do all the time having that message come through as much as I could. Like, I think that the cool thing about dog training and you, I, I'm, I figure you relate to what I'm going to say because of how you're going with this. But the cool thing of dog training for me is how so much of dog training is life in general. And so much of dog training is personal development, is business development, is relationship development, is communication development. It's all the same. It's almost like when you find like the way that works, it's going to work for just about everything. Now, obviously you're gonna tweak a little bit, right? I'm not gonna put a leash to communicate with somebody else, but when I find a way that communicate with that person and I have that clarity and I have a why and all of that, it's gonna work for the person, it's gonna work for the dog, it's gonna work for my business. And it's really all universal ideas that just carry through from one thing to the next. Oh, I 100% agree with you on that. Um, one, I love explaining to dog trainers how I go about training an aggressive dog, because how I train an aggressive dog for the most part is the exact same as a train a, a basic dog. It's obedience and then use the obedience practically to help the dog work through situations. But there's really no magic trick. Once you learn that like I have a system that works, just keep putting stuff through the system. Simon Sinek though, with start with why, um, just the concept of people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it. Yeah. Did you read his book, Why Leaders Eat Last? I have I have it. Haven't gotten to it yet, though. I have a whole list. I have too many books to get to, and I have this problem of starting a book, then finding out about another book that I love, starting another book, finding out, and then being busy. But I, I, it's, it's there. Watch his TED Talks. His TED Talks That's are actually – they're amazing. I've I um I used to give his speeches when I used to run call centers, and I would give that speech to people about how the Wright brothers, they they yeah. believed that they could create a flying machine, and how the the government paid college professors to build, and they couldn't do it because they didn't believe it, and right. uh, you know that concept of believing and getting people to believe what you believe. Um, you know, I, I even talked about how, you know, Martin Luther King didn't have a plan. He had a dream. That's, even, that's the whole thing. even Kendrick Lamar had a dream, you know, yeah. Kendrick had a dream, but it's <laughs> like, yeah, you got to think bigger. It's not just, I have a plan. I got like, what, what's the vision, you know? And, uh, yeah, Simon Sinek, without a doubt, he is uh, a huge influence in yeah. my life without a doubt. It's amazing though, how people from 10 years ago that they can like, you know, rile you up. I haven't read a Simon Sinek book in literally 10 years. He hasn't done too much, but he, uh, that philosophy is I think amazing. he's in the middle of writing a new book. I he see wrote a kid's book, I saw. I don't know. I see. I saw for a while he was talking about on his Instagram that he was writing a new book. I haven't looked at his social media in a while, but I used to see him talking about that. But he's awesome. His yeah. tech talks are amazing. Like I, I recommend everyone, whether you're a business owner or not, like start with why really applies to life in general. And like, oh, yeah. So much of Absolutely. this, stuff does. and I find 
by reading a lot of these books, I become a better dog trainer. Like obviously I get better at being a person in business, but I also get better at communicating with the dog because like I said, it's, I see it all as universal. These ideas all work for everything. I mean, you're, you're very right on that. Very right on that. There's a book called the one thing and it's to help you with your business. But when you think about it for dog training and it just hones in on, listen, focus on that one thing when you're doing work today, focus on it just it simplifies everything and you, it does help reading books is an advantage over anything the more yeah. you read the better off you're going to be for sure absolutely all right who man. else are you influenced by what besides besides simon sinek who else are you influenced by like are you uh, part of the 10x uh, you know, nation. Do you do you read Grant Cardone? I've never read different? any Grant Cardone stuff. I have a list. You gave me a list of Grant Cardone books that I should be reading. I haven't gotten to any of them yet. Um, but I, I read a lot of stuff that's nothing to do with business in general. I like to read things about culture, society, like how we have come to where we are in society now, and things like that. Because I think again, it plays into dog training. Um, a, a book that I've read recently that I really love is The Coddling of the American Mind by uh, Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff. And if you take out the words American Mind and switch it to The Coddling of the American Dog, you will understand why tons and tons of people struggle with behavioral issues nowadays. It's a, To me, it's a dog training book. So that one's right. like off my mind because I've been rereading it over and over because I keep finding things in it that literally plays out with every owner who I work with. Um, I love Gary Vee. Gary Vee's like a massive influencer in my life. Um, saw him speak a couple months ago. That was a lot of fun. Got me really hyped. Um, Where did you see him? In New York? He went to a, a seminar? In Jersey. Nice. It was like one of these full day business events and there was a ton. I, I had no idea who anyone else there was. I went for Gary. And there was all these other speakers. Honestly, most of them I hung out in the hallway just creating social media stuff while they were talking because they were just selling the whole time. And then yeah. Gary gets up on stage last because he was like the headliner, whatever you want to call it, the keynote speaker. And yeah. he got up on stage and literally kind of shit on everybody else and said, I'm not here to sell you anything because I don't do that. I'm here to give. And it was very cool. My friend, my buddy and I went and we had like seats high up. And like right before Gary spoke, we snuck into the VIP section, got like, two rows before the stage. It was a lot of fun. It was very cool. I felt like I was seeing my idol. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I love it, man. Yeah. So Gary's a big one. I read a lot of stuff though, like not necessarily business and influencer stuff. I just, I just like to read. Um, yeah, that's good. You know, it's funny. Every time I try to tell my dad a business book, I just read that I love, he's like, I just read John Grisham. There's a murder mystery going on. And I'm like, <laughs> My dad has never read a business book and I'm over here. I'm on over 200 business and entrepreneurial books that I'm like, I'm just trying to keep reading as many as I can. This, so is my new book. this is my new book. Your kids are your own fault. I don't have any children, but I train dogs and I feel like parenting books are great for dog training. <laughs> it's the psychology element. It's the CSI yeah. and, you know, uh, part of it. You have to figure out what's going on in these homes and the more that you get people you're good the more that you can understand somebody like that you know when someone calls me up and they go i've got a problem they tell me a few of the problems and i can explain to them why it's happening and they're like oh my god yeah now yeah. you're the expert so those yep. books are great man that's 
kind of why I'm asking. I'm like, what are you reading? I like to know. I'm all yeah, about so reading. What are you? I, I it. it just came in. The, it just arrived yesterday, so I haven't started it yet. But it was highly recommended to me by a couple of people, so I'm gonna get into it. it. Should be a good one. The people who recommended it, I highly respect. So it should be a good one. But read the coddling of the American mind. Like everybody, read that book because it's very interesting. It it kind of plays into a lot of what's going on in society in general these days. And it also plays into totally is a dog training book. So it's a cool one. I like I'll it. I'll check it out for sure, man. Anything that uh, I could possibly get my hands on in terms of a good book, I'll read. So yeah, sounds good to me. All right, man, let's wrap this up. It's been about an hour. You want to let everyone know how they can find We Are Dog Training, how they can get in touch with you and all that? Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, so again, thanks for watching, everybody. If you guys had a question or would like to continue talking and you feel like you didn't get an answer, do you want to talk? Uh, you can either find me on Instagram uh, or TikTok. You can find me on Facebook. We Are Dog Training is everywhere. Um, I'm mainly uh, on Instagram. Uh, if you want to DM me on there to connect uh, with the at We Are Dog Training. Otherwise, you can obviously add me as a friend on Facebook uh, and TikTok as well as We Are Dog Training. Um, if you're interested in my dog training ebook that I'm giving away for free still, it's over 65 pages of tips, advice, stories, all sorts of stuff. Uh, just send me a DM and I'll send you the link. If you need social media help, uh, by all means, um, I'll send you the link as well. If you DM me on Instagram um, and uh, I'm still offering a free social media strategy call for anybody that would love to learn how to make more money and get some of that money you're missing out on uh, currently. So by all means, I appreciate you having me on. This was great. And uh, I'm going to share this on as many platforms as I can. So that way people can, uh, you know, hear the good conversation because it's always great to, uh, you know, it, again, it's about communication. You know, I yeah. think that's where a lot of uh, a lot of the magic comes from. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just glad we were able to have this conversation and uh, continue talking. And I hope at some point you come out to California and I can show you a good time and uh, yeah, have you out to my group class. It's got to happen. It's going to happen. Event. A couple people recently is like, you got to come out to California. I'm like, I'm so busy. Like, the vacation's not a word in my head anymore. I haven't even thought of that. But yeah, I'm going to make it happen eventually. But awesome, man. Sure. I appreciate you coming on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Hope you all have an awesome night. As always, stay kind. Yeah. Let's end that.